Speaking of having fun, that's what Chris Goforth is doing all week long in Hoover, Alabama at the SEC Media Days. It's so much fun. You're about to explode, I bet, Chris. No, it's just a big old party. <laughs> <laughs> the tone of your voice. Oh, you know, it's a big old party when Nick Saban shows up. And uh, I, I guess the, when, with the times I've gone in the past, the most fun people watching is to sit there about 10 minutes before Saban arrives and just watch the people oh gather. My now, I know they couldn't do that this year because they weren't allowing fans in, but it is, it, and you've seen it before more than we, I have, we have, it is a dang, I don't even know what to call it. It's you not got, a party. It's just a guy, collection of people. Yeah, you've got the guy that shows up with his uh, his national championship ring, headgear, yep. and, I mean, the, yep. all those people, they, yep. they show up. The Bear Bryant, the Bear Bryant look-alike has always been my favorite, and that guy is—he is a spitting image, by the way, of Bear Bryant. I mean, he looks just like him. What if he sounds like that voice of Golden Flake Chips? Yeah, he, he tries. <laughs> he tries. He, tries. <laughs> he even tries to. He even tries to have that, you know, that walk that Bear had. That kind of that. Uh, I don't know. I know. I saw an interview one time with Tom Berenger about the uh, the Junction Boys movie, where he talked about, you know, he went and studied how Bear Bryant walked because Bryant had this wasn't a limp, I guess, but it was kind of had a, a different gait, right? Uh, and so Berenger went and studied how Bryant walked so he could try to imitate that in the movie. This guy here does the same thing. You're right, though. There was none of that this year. There was no no chance of roll tide. There was no applause for Nick Saban when he entered the building or when he rode the escalator down to the lobby or anything <laughs> like that today. Uh, but he did get up and speak. And, you know, I, I, I was thinking about the, the announcement he made kind of yesterday about the uh, Bryce Young's NIL deal being close to a million dollars or whatever. He may absolutely, in his heart of hearts and in his gut, despise this NIL deal. This, this Not his specific one, but the whole NIL concept. I believe he does. But he's got to get that out there because if you've got a bunch of five stars that are still undecided and they've narrowed it down to four or five and you go, guess what? Hey, man, I know it's crazy, but our quarterback's already made a million dollars and he ain't even taken one snap. That's going to get some people's attention when in the recruitment. That was world. on purpose. Yes. Don't you think so? Oh, I, I can... I can tell you guys, having been around him and press conferences and stuff over the years and then talking to a lot of guys that have played for him, there is absolutely nothing that Nick Saban does that is not intentional. Every single thing he does that is intentional. What he had to say yesterday about Bryce Young and the money he's making off of name, image, and likeness, every bit of that was intentional because what he said, where was he? He was in front of a collection of Texas High school football coaches. Bingo. We know how we know how rich the state of Texas is in regards to high school football recruiting. Heck, they got Jalen Hurts out of the state of Texas. That's right. So you're going to put all of those guys who have influence over these high school kids that they're recruiting in Alabama, and he's just going to casually drop that little nugget out there. Come on. Nope. <laughs> Every bit of that yesterday was calculated. He knew exactly what he was doing. And he knew the response he knew he'd get. who he was talking to. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. That stinker. I tell you. <laughs> yeah. So, well, what about today? What did he say today? Just give us an overview. Uh, you know, I guess, you know, the big thing that uh, I took away from, from today about Alabama is, 
you know, he hired two guys this offseason that were both NFL head coaches last year, Bill O'Brien and Doug Marone. And Bill O'Brien's going to be the offensive coordinator. And he said that while Bill O'Brien has brought some wrinkles, uh, this is still going to be the Alabama offense. They're not moving away from what they have done in years past. That will not change. Um, you know, he talked a lot, kind of the same way, the same vein that Ed Orgeron did on Monday about the name, image, and likeness deals and the impact that could have in the locker room and how that is now one more thing as a head coach that you've got to kind of massage and, and handle. Now, my thoughts on that is, guys, if if we hear that's an issue in a locker room somewhere in college football, I think you can pretty much bet your bottom dollar that there are more issues going on in that locker room than somebody's name, image, and likeness deal and other people being jealous or not liking it. So uh, I don't necessarily think that that is as much of a big deal, but obviously he mentioned it. Ed Orgeron mentioned it. So it's something that's on the mind of these coaches, certainly. You know that's going to happen, though. I mean, it's, it's just the nature of youth and big ego. And so and so got Saban. this, and I, and I didn't get this. I mean, now Saban might be good enough to control the the the, the situation and and uh, and shut it down. But uh, I, I think you're still going to be a now he might other now, locker rooms. There's going to be a situation with Alabama. It might not, it might not get to us. Uh, they might take care of that in house, and he might be able to do that. But to say that that's going that locker room is going to be free of any type of issue concerning jealousy and you know nil uh, issues, I think that's a little naive. Uh, he said today, he said that this is, and he's, he's right about it. Uh, he said it's the first time in college athletics that everything isn't going to be equal. You know, because before it's always been what you did for one, you did for everybody. You know, the starting quarterback got the same amenities that the backup quarterback did. The backup long snapper got the same stuff and the same amenities as the, you know, the, the starting quarterback or tailback or whatever. That's not going to be the case anymore. And it's just a fact of life. There are some positions that are worth more uh, with name, image, and likeness. And there's some guys that are they're just going to have – they're just going to make more money. That's just the nature of it. My, my, here's my thing, though, and, it, and hopefully it doesn't happen, but it's football. We know injuries happen, right? So I'm going to go out, and my companies or, 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 or uh, whoever's representing, I can't remember the name of it, AAC, I think it is, representing uh, Bryce Young, and he's uh, got his uh, you know uh, endorsements up to a million dollars, right? He goes out there against Miami, and one of those hooligan hurricane defensive linemen land weird on his knee, Boom, he's out for the year with a torn ACL. Does he still get that money? Does he still get paid? Or do they go to Jalen Milrow, who is listed as their backup in uh, the uh, Phil Steele magazine, and now Milrow gets that opportunity? I I don't see how you're going to say, okay, if we've given this guy all this money and he's not on the field, even though he's a heck of a tweeter, is he still worth it? Yeah, I mean, that's something we're going to find out as we – as we go along uh, through this, I, I would assume that, I, I, you know, I don't know what kind of provisions are in some of these deals uh, or, or what all exactly he is being required to do. Is he going to be in TV commercials? Is he going to be on billboards? Is it an Alabama car dealer that's, that's doing this? Is it Milo's Sweet Tea? I don't know. Um, 
you know, in terms of how those contracts are read or written, I would assume you're dealing with a company like um, CCA, which I think is Tom Condon's uh, organization. That's who represented Peyton Manning. That would make sense. For the, I think all of, I think through all of his NFL career. So you're not dealing with, uh, you know, you're not dealing with Better Call Saul uh, for your for your legal for your legal needs. Right. You're talking about guys that have they've worked some big time contracts before, and they're number one. I mean, the whole reason why CCA wants to be involved with Bryce Young is or CAA, whatever they're called. The whole reason why they want to be involved with Bryce Young is, and the same reason why all these sports agents want to get involved with these guys is because they're hoping that relationship will still be there when those guys decide to turn pro. Hey, we've already been working with you. Look at the job we did to get you these these name, image, and likeness deals. All right, now, how about you let us handle your NFL contract? Because that's where the money is for those agents. I mean, whatever these college kids are making, I mean, a a million-dollar contract to a sports agent isn't, Honestly, it's it's not a drop in the bucket compared to what those guys make uh, from NFL quarterbacks. So I wonder if they don't they don't maybe not take as much of a percentage when they're in college, and then they because of they're betting on the the future. This whole thing is fascinating. I mean, it really is. It's so, just mind boggling. Are we going to see you know with like for, for instance the NBA Finals? You saw Devin Booker drive up in a nice car. Are we going to see that with the college games now? Are we going to see uh, Bryce Young drive up in a new Range Rover? If you were so, nineteen oh. years old and had a million dollars, what would you buy first? Oh, Lamborghini. Uh huh. You would, and you drove up to the game in it too. <laughs> oh, of course, I would just sit out in front of the stadium <laughs> all day. Well, I hope that kid's got. I hope that kid's got somebody advising him a little better on what to do with his money than Joe Barner. Uh, <laughs> I hope the same thing. Too. <laughs> maybe maybe he invests a little bit of that. Maybe maybe he just pulls up in an Escalade and uh, and he he invests the rest of it. So I, look, you, you're right, Quake. I mean, it's fascinating, and who knows where it's going to end. Uh, and for that matter, you know, Saban said today he goes. I really don't want to say anything about this because he said, honestly, he goes, I know whatever I say today is going to be wrong because when we get back here a year from now, this is all going to be different. And I heard somebody make the point, I wish I could say who it was that I heard say this, but said that they thought that, you know, name, image, and likeness would eventually become kind of like uh, the, covering the cost of, of, of attendance and and. You know, the, the, yeah, the, the cost of attendance. Well, you know, that was a big story some years back where, well, we got to feed these guys. We've got to make sure these guys can eat when the school cafeteria is closed and all those kind of things. You don't hear about that anymore. You know, we don't hear anything about stipend checks anymore um, that athletes get now. What, a couple of years ago, that was the big story. Well, it's kind of faded away. It's something we know is there. It's a part of college athletics. I think this may end up going the same way with name, image, and likeness, where in a year or two, we don't really, you know, we, we hear about some of the bigger deals, but for the most part, this is just a, you know, it's, it's no different than somebody buying the um, stadium rights right. somewhere in, in college athletics. Right. Price of doing business almost type of stuff. Exactly. Well, exactly. What was your first impression of Clark Lee, the brand new Vanderbilt uh, head coach who actually played for the Commodores? Yeah, interesting guy. He brought his helmet. 
the helmet that he wore when he played at Vanderbilt, that was the helmet that he brought with him to. They always put the the uh, the team helmet uh, on a table next to where the coach stands, and it was actually Clark Lee's helmet that he wore when he was a player. Said he had kept it. It had been on his bookshelf at home, and he grabbed it and brought it to SEC Media Days with an interesting guy. His dad was the team physician for the Nashville Sounds. He was a, uh, a bat boy growing up for the Sounds and um, played it at Vanderbilt and has kind of worked his way through the coaching ranks. Sounds like a guy that understands the job that is ahead of him. That's not an easy rebuild. I mean, frankly, in the last, what, 60 years, there's really been one guy that has won with any consistency at Vanderbilt. Um, he did talk about how the administration there, uh, the university president, the athletic director, and himself were in lockstep about where they were headed and what needed to be done. He didn't talk about it, and I didn't get a chance. Uh, I had some other stuff going on at that time, so I didn't get a chance to ask him questions. But I know they've redone the locker rooms there. Um, you know, the locker rooms at Vanderbilt were the same. Locker rooms at Vandy hadn't been updated in 20, 25 years. I mean, they, they were in that bad of shape. Wow. They had vinyl siding on the side of, of <laughs> I still call it Dudley Field. I don't know what the name of it is anymore, but the stadium at Vanderbilt. still had vinyl siding on the side of it a couple of years ago. They were so far behind for a school that gets $44 million in TV money. I don't know what the hell they were doing with it because they weren't putting it back into uh, athletic facilities. Education, Chris. Sure. Education, son. <laughs> what? Why, do you, why do you hate education what? so much? Well, I, you know, I, so there's a couple of chemistry professors at Vanderbilt that are rolling in the dough. <laughs> but they, you know, what they do with the money? I mean, you, you've done nothing. Question. You're so far behind the rest of this conference in terms of you don't have an indoor practice facility. Sequatchie County High School has an indoor practice facility for football. Vanderbilt University doesn't. That's crazy. Yeah, and Squatchie County's never had $44 million injected into it annually. No. There ain't $44 million in Sequatchie County total. If you robbed everybody, you couldn't get to 40. Hell, I don't think you could get to a million, let alone 44. <laughs> I'll tell you what, though. They do they do have pride in their athletic facilities at the high school there, though. Man, it's second to none. It's a beautiful place. It sure yeah, is. It is. It's a beautiful place. I wonder if uh, Vanderbilt has, like, the old wood paneling from the 70s uh, in their locker room on the walls. Oh, I had that in my house. Uh, we did, up. too. Oh, awesome. yeah, that was big deal. Oh, we, we did, too. Yeah, we did, too. We did, too. No. I do know there are wooden lockers. I can tell you that. There are wooden lockers, and if you guys have ever had wood lockers uh, or, or been around wood lockers where guys have cleats, you know the damage that cleats can do to wood lockers. Yep. That's the way it's been at Vanderbilt. Ask Charles Fan about it. He'll tell you. Man, I'm, <laughs> I'm surprised, but then again, I'm not surprised. I'm, I'm not sure why. No. I guess this. Yeah, there is no reason. There is now. Look, I, I am tickled pink that we're getting the state championships at Kenley Stadium. There is no reason that the TSSAA should have ever have left Nashville to host that that event. It's centrally located. It's you know the venue wasn't huge. 
um, you know, 40,000-seat stadium. You put 15 in there for a high school state championship, 20,000, whatever the number would be. wasn't overly big. Parking was good. Press facilities were good. They left and went to MTSU back in the early part of the, the 2000s because the, the facilities were trash. And I MTSU mean, was playing better. on that field, playing on that field at Vanderbilt was like playing in the Walmart parking lot. The turf was terrible. I remember that when yeah, I went up to yeah. stand on the sideline for the Tyner or Tyner State title in '97. Yep. And I thought, man, this turf looked like it was put it down in 1980. But it probably was. <laughs> probably was. <laughs> Chris, great job as always, man. We'll check in for the fourth and final day tomorrow about the same time, man. Have fun down there. All right, guys. Talk to y'all later. You Thanks, got it. Man. Chris Goforth, of course, uh, Friday Night Rivals on CW, uh, my partner, and along with Dave Keelan. Of course, he does a little stuff for 92.9 The Game in Atlanta, a little ESPN Plus broadcast for football, basketball, softball, wrestling. Uh, does a little bit of everything. That's what he does.